0: Welcome back to Spoiler Free Wrestling, the podcast, and there's been a bunch of news in the last 24 hours, so it made sense to jump on and give you a bit of an update, and of course, as always, we will omit any information which could potentially spoil future shows, matches, or angles for you. So we are going to be running down the Ring of Honor pay-per-view from last night on this show, so if you haven't seen it and don't want to know what happened, you'll want to stop listening now. But the big news actually took place not long after the Ring of Honor pay-per-view ended. So, in the early hours this morning, Roosh put out a video saying that he was going independent and leaving CMLL. Not long after that, CMLL, on their official Twitter account, at just before 2 a.m. this morning, announced that they were releasing both Roosh and Dragon Lee As a result of not following company guidelines regarding taking outside bookings. Now, some uh, places, uh, Lucha Blog, which is a fantastic website for Lucha Libre news, they are speculating that Dragon Lee was removed from CMLL's recent anniversary show as a result of uh, taking a booking for PWG's Bola tournament, where wrestlers from AAA. We're also competing, and CMLL does not like their wrestlers on the same shows as AAA guys. So Roosh put out this video saying he's leaving CMLL. At 2 a.m., CMLL then puts out a statement saying they're releasing both Roosh and Dragon Lee. Dragon Lee then put out a statement. Uh, with three broken-hearted emojis basically saying that uh, he gave his body to CML, CMLL, he thanked Paco Lonzo, uh, and generally expressed some discontent over his firing. And another noted point to this story is that CMLL actually owns the trademarks to the names Roosh and Dragon Lee, And Roosh is already being advertised for events under the name El Toro Blanco. So, there's been a lot of changes, obviously, in Ring of Honor since the the death of Paco Alonso. And they have now cut ties with two of their biggest stars in Dragon Lee and Roosh. Now, Roosh... It was a very eventful day for him yesterday. Not only was he fired from CMLL, but Roosh is now your new Ring of Honor World Champion. So we'll find out more about how this is going to impact the relationship between Roosh and Dragon Lee and Ring of Honor, uh, as well as the relationship between Ring of Honor and CMLL. Uh, ROH and CMLL just... Completed that three-night Global spectacular tour uh, recently. And now, and now Roosh is their world champion. And Dragon Lee made a surprise appearance on the pay-per-view last night as well. He was a last-minute addition to the TV title match. So we'll just have to wait and see how Roosh and Dragon Lee leaving CMLL impacts their relationship with Ring of Honor, if it does at all. The next bit of news I want to talk about was head drinker Samu has been living with stage 4 liver cancer. Um, He went public with his diagnosis shortly after Roman Reigns announced that his leukemia had returned. So that was last October. And Lance uh, Noye, or, or excuse me, Samu Noye. his son is named Lance. Uh, Samu announced that uh, he was living with stage 4 liver cancer. Uh, and then recently his son Lance has been posting online that Samu underwent liver transplant surgery recently. Uh, it was uh, an over 13-hour surgery. His father is said to be in some pain, but the doctors are all very pleased with how the transplant went. There is a GoFundMe up that is to help Samu with his medical expenses. Major League Wrestling's Court Bauer has been uh, posting efforts to help raise money for Samu. Uh, there will be a. Uh, we've got the link up uh, to the GoFundMe. The go. The goal for the GoFundMe is twenty-five thousand dollars. It's currently up at eleven thousand five hundred. Um, But definitely, it sounds like Lance uh, is very happy with how the surgery for his father went. uh, And uh, donations can be made to helpsamu.com. And we've also got the link up in the show notes as well. The next news item I want to talk concerns the original bro, Matt Riddle. And Matt Riddle will challenge Adam Cole on Wednesday night for the NXT championship, we think. Um, It was mentioned in the NXT injury report last week that Cole is suspected to have suffered a radius fracture in his forearm. He's also been taken off some live shows. So it's not clear if Cole is going to be medically cleared for his NXT Championship match against Riddle on Wednesday. However, uh, it still does seem to be the plan for Riddle and Cole to headline that show. So, recently, UFC President Dana White commented on the success Riddle has been having in pro wrestling. Basically, Dana White said, uh, You know, I have no regrets about firing Riddle. And, um... You know, basically said he doesn't hate Riddle, he's happy that he's having this kind of success, but Riddle responded to Dana White's comments on Instagram, and here's what he said. Uh, So Riddle said, Dana, I'm not mad that you fired me. I'm mad because you're a heartless moron with too much money and power and felt the need to call me a loser after you fired me when I was on a four fight win streak and had my third child almost bankrupting me. Also to say it was the right call to fire me is the dumbest thing ever. You literally tried to ruin my career slash life because you're a bald little bitch that couldn't control me. So stop lying. It's sad, bro. And so Riddle was on a four-fight win streak when he was fired from the UFC in 2013. However, two of those four fights were uh, changed to no contest after Riddle tested positive for cannabis. Um, And evidently, the athletic commissions felt that that needed to result in a no contest based on the rules that existed at the time. So... Matt Riddle, um, not really uh, willing to bury the hatchet with Dana White. Matt Riddle could become the next NXT champion as soon as next Wednesday. However, as we've mentioned, that match with Adam Cole a little bit up in the air as there are rumors that Adam Cole has suffered an arm fracture as a result of being in the Fujiwara armbar from Matt Riddle last week. All right, let's go into this Death Before Dishonor pay-per-view Ring of Honor in Samstown live in Las Vegas, Nevada, September 27th, and we had two big title changes on this show as mentioned uh, earlier. Well, I'm not sure if we mentioned it, actually. Roosh is the new Ring of Honor world champion. He is the 26th wrestler to ever win the title. He enters the championship's 31st reign. He ends Matt Taven's reign at 175 days and 11 title defenses. And as we mentioned before, Rouge would publicly leave CMLL in the hours After winning the ROH World Championship. But let's start at the top of the card. On the pre-show, it was Jeff Cobb versus Brody King. And it would be Jeff Cobb picking up the victory with the Tour of the Islands. The commentary team would mention that Brody King looked good in the loss. So it's one of those things where even though Brody King lost, it's... uh, It's a sign that he'll be moving up in the single rankings, perhaps. And as for Jeff Cobb, he is owed an ROH World Championship match. He won a Defy or Deny match on the last tour. Now, he previously uh, challenged for the title when Matt Taven was the champion. And uh, Taven defeated him. That was earlier this summer. So... When Jeff Cobb will be challenging the new champion, not altogether clear. Uh, They did mention, uh, well, Ian Rigabani said on commentary that the Honor United Tour in the UK was a possible time when we could see Cobb challenge for the title again. And that will be Jeff Cobb challenging Roosh now, not Matt Taven. Then to kick off the pay-per-view portion of the event... There is an eight-man tournament to determine who will face the champion on the final battle battle pay-per-view in December. And we had the first two matches in that tournament. The first one was Marty Scurll going up against Colt Cabana. And this was very much a match that you might have seen on World of Sports uh, in its short-lived return to wrestling. It was a very uh, grappling Johnny Saint-type British uh, wrestling with Marty Skrull eventually picking up the victory with uh, the graduation? That slam he does. The double arm hook into a slam. Then the second match on the pay-per-view, third match of the night, was another match in that eight-man tournament to determine a number one contender. For the final battle pay-per-view. And this was PCO going up against Kenny King. So the story behind this match was. That Kenny King was insisting. It be a no disqualification match. And this made sense to nobody. Because well PCO is this. Hardcore wrestler who. Who you know utilizes weapons. And won't won't they these rules help him. But it turned out Kenny King, ever the opportunistic wrestler, had a strategy going into the match. And as he's walking in, he brought in several people with him, just to be his lackeys or running buddies during the match. Brought in two cinder blocks, seemingly to use against PCO during the match. And also Amy Rose, the former ring bell ringer, or whatever she did. She's now uh, Kenny King's manager, or valet. So a bunch of stuff happened during this match, including PCO short-circuiting and then doing a running tope to the wrong side of the ring because of the short-circuiting, I guess, which went on in his brain. But then the end of the match came where Kenny King poured a bottle of water on PCO, and then Amy Rose got into the ring with a cattle prod, and they were going to electrocute PCO. But as as Amy Rose goes to hit him with the cattle prod, PCO's also grabbing on to Kenny King and goes to lift him up for a chokeslam. So she hits him with the cattle prod. This sends electricity coursing through PCO, but, but that's what Destro sometimes does to revive PCO. So it makes him stronger, and then as... As was brought up on the commentary team, it sends the volt of electricity through PCO and then through into Kenny King. So PCO delivers the chokeslam on an electrocuted Kenny King and pins him, picks up the win. So Kenny King's uh, strategy turns out to backfire on him and now he's out of the tournament to determine a number one contender for the title at final battle. So the next two matches in that tournament will take place tonight. They are filming their next set of TV tapings in there. However, the tournament matches, I think they said, are going to take place like live for Honor Club members, which the big matches on their tapings do now. So, um, so the. You might be able to watch those tonight. Also tonight, PCO and Brody King are going to team up against Roosh and Dragon Lee, who are now freshly not employed by CMLL. And uh, Dak Draper will take on Austin Gunn in the finals of the Top Prospect Tournament, and that's Austin Gunn, who is a dead ringer for his father, Billy Gunn. And then also scheduled for tonight is PJ Black versus Red Titus. So... Uh, so the next up on the pay per view was for the Women of Honor World Championship, and I can't believe this. Angelina Love is the new Women of Honor champion, she defeated Kelly Klein. There was a lot of help from Mandy Leone on the outside, there was hairspray thrown in Kelly Klein's eyes. Kelly Klein kicked out from the Botox injection at one point, but the repeated interference from Mandy Leone led to a second Botox injection kick. And you know what happens with those Botox injections. If you take too many of them, your face goes numb and then you're easily pinned. I don't know. Angelina Love won after delivering the second Botox injection kick. So after the match... The Allure are doing that thing where they put their logo on Kelly Klein's face. The lights go out. When the lights come back on, it's Maria Manic in the ring. This leads to Caprice Coleman uh, saying, Be careful, boys. She'll chew you up. Because if there's one thing you can count on from Ring of Honor commentary, it's references to 80s and 90s music. But Maria Manic comes in. She gives everybody the torture rack. And so it looks like Angelina Love, now the new Women of Honor champion. And that's going to set up a feud or possibly just a match between Angelina Love and Maria Manic. So Kelly Klein, her second run as Women of Honor champion ends. Is that her second run? I believe so. Yes, because she lost the title briefly and then got it back thought that was a bit of a surprise. I did not think that a- that Angelina Love would win the, the Women of Honor Championship. I didn't think the Allure were going to get to the top of the division that fast or I wasn't really sure it was going to happen at all but it was the repeated interference from Mandy Leone on the outside that Kelly Klein just couldn't compete with. Then we had a match between two guys who have frequently teamed together but had not been seeing eye-to-eye in recent matches, and that's Jonathan Gresham and Jay Lethal. So this was a very technical match, obviously. (laughs) You would have Gresham was working on Lethal's arm, and Lethal's injured arm actually prevented him from hitting the lethal injection later in the match. But at one point in the match, Gresham was going to use a steel chair. This led to Lethal berating him for having to cheat. So they had a bit of a disagreement there, but Gresham didn't use the chair. And then later would come back and made Lethal submit with the octopus stretch. So this is, on commentary it was mentioned, this was one of, if not the biggest moments of Jonathan Gresham's career. He's beaten the... Arguably, and in some cases statistically, the greatest ROH world champion of all time in Jay Lethal. Now, after the match, and again, these two have teamed together, they're friends. Before the match, Gresham refused to shake Lethal's hand. Wouldn't give him the code of honor. After the match, however... After a little bit of bickering back and forth, the two did seem to quash their differences. But they sort of quashed their differences in the pro-wrestling kind of way where it sort of seems like maybe they didn't quash all their differences. But big win for Jonathan Gresham, making Jay Lethal tap out here, making a former Ring of Honor World Champion tap out, making... Statistically speaking, the greatest Ring of Honor world champion of all time tap out. Then we had a bar room brawl or a beer city brawl or, you know, a street fight between the bouncers. And it was originally supposed to be Silas Young and, and uh, Josh the Good Woods. But they would change it to Silas Young and Vinnie Marseglia, who I think is going by just Vincent now. And Josh Woods was on commentary, and a few times on commentary you could hear Woods sort of not be too pleased with some of the tactics that Silas Young was using in the match. There was one point in the match where they actually bl- brought out darts, and I think it was Vincent. Yeah, tossed darts at Brawler Malonis' bare back and like got them to stick in his back. But then the end of the match came when the Beer City Bruiser got a hold of Vincent, called him a B-movie bitch, then gave him a DDT onto a chair, pinned him, and got the victory. So that's a big win for the bouncers on pay-per-view. wonder if they might be in line for a future tag team title shot. Uh, You know, there was only eight matches on the pay-per-view portion, and six of them were... uh, Either there was four championship matches and two matches in a tournament to, to determine a number one contender. And then there was two other matches and the bouncers won one of those matches. So possibly the bouncers could be in line for a tag team title shot as a result of that victory. Or at least a match against a top ranked team. Next up was the match for the World TV title. And there's a bit of an interesting backstory to this match as well. So not long ago, Shane Taylor and Ring of Honor both put out statements. Shane Taylor basically said he was leaving Ring of Honor, and he was starting Shane Taylor Promotions. There wasn't really much information being given as to what Shane Taylor Promotions would be doing, although seemingly promoting things. And then ROH put out this statement saying that they've reached an agreement for uh, to buy out the remaining portion of Shane Taylor's contract and that they've negotiated a deal for him to defend his title on the pay-per-view. And then it was brought up on commentary that should Shane Taylor win this match, ROH would then have to negotiate further with Shane Taylor Promotions. Um... To negotiate the Knicks title match. So that would have led some to believe that Shane Taylor wasn't going to win this match. But he did. Uh, So Shane Taylor picked up the win with the greetings from Asbury or the the pile driver that's very much like the greetings from Asbury Park. Um, So he picks up the win on Flip Gordon. And so now Shane Taylor, still the ROH TV champion. And according to Taylor and Ring of Honor, he is no longer contractually committed to the promotion. So that means Ring of Honor is going to have to work out some deal with Shane Taylor and his promotional company, To get him back in the ring to defend that title again. Oh, also of note here, Dragon Lee was a late addition to this match. Uh, It was originally just supposed to be Shane Taylor versus Flip Gordon versus Hot Stuff Tracy Williams. And right before the match started, it was announced that Dragon Lee would be a late replacement. And you got to wonder, this might be the last match that he wrestles under the name Dragon Lee if CMLL... Uh, does, in fact, hold the trademark to that name. So, what is going to happen with the TV title? They've certainly left fans feeling like what happens with the championship, what happens with Shane Ta- Taylor now is in some limbo. We'll likely uh, hear from ROH or Shane Taylor at the TV tapings tonight. And if not, I expect we'd be given an update on the situation sometime in the near future. The semi main event last night was the Briscoes going up against Mark Haskins and Bandito. After a very back and forth match, the Briscoes would pick up the victory. And then afterwards, Bully Ray hit the ring and looks to have kickstarted a feud with Mark Haskins. So Bully went after every... Oh, and uh, Vicky Haskins, Mark Haskins' wife, was at ringside. So Bully comes out. He's beating everybody up. He then puts Mark Haskins through a table. Vicky Haskins tries to get involved, but uh, she was just a fan and jumped the guardrail and... You know the disdain bully Ray has for fans sometimes. He just made sure security uh, didn't let Vicky Haskins um, near him at all. And then the main event last night, Roosh defeating Matt Taven. To win the Ring of Honor World Championship. As I mentioned before. He is the 31st person to win the title. And he. No. He's the 26th person to win the title. And he enters the title's 31st reign. Dragon Lee. His father. His son. Were all at ringside. They came into the ring to celebrate afterwards. Matt Taven. To his credit. Despite being a somewhat dirty and underhanded wrestler, uh, he did give Roosh the respect, uh, pay of uh, uh, the code of honor after the match, shaking the new champion's hand. And that's how the show closed with Roosh standing tall as the new Ring of Honor world champion. Of course, as the show would go off the air, Roosh would head to the back, and film and release a video saying he's leaving CMLL. CMLL would respond by firing him uh, just a little while later. That all happened while most of us were sleeping. So Ring of Honor, good show. Next up for them uh, is they're back in Sam's Town Casino or uh, Sam's Town Live tonight for the Death Before dishonor TV tapings. And I believe the plan at the moment is for the two tournament matches uh, to air live on Honor Club. I'm not sure about PCO and Brody King going up against Roosh and Dragon Lee, however. And while we're at it, why not talk about Impact Wrestling from Friday night, September 27th, and much like the Death Before Dishonor pay-per-view, this was also taped in Sam's Town Live in Las Vegas, Nevada, as promotions are really getting a lot of use out of that venue. I think MLW taped in there recently as well. Um, And while Death Before Dishonor was live last night, these were taped earlier this month, And the show would feature several segments from the wedding between Brian Cage and Melissa Santos. Now, normally, weddings in wrestling go off without a hitch, with no problems whatsoever. However, a shocking turn of events took place at this wedding. Unbelievable that such events could happen at a wedding. All right, let's get into it. So the show starts off. Josh Alexander and Ethan Page come out and they are dressed up as LAX. They are coming out to LAX's theme music. So they're obviously drawing attention to the fact that they were the ones to retire LAX and have them leave the promotion. So now, unfortunately for them, Santana and Ortiz Have to accept a big money contract from AEW and go wrestle there instead. So they come out and they're making fun of LAX, and that brings out Conan. And Conan introduces Alexander and Page's opponents for the night, and it would be Rhino and Rob Van Dam. And Rhino and Rob Van Dam would pick up the win over Josh Alexander and Ethan Page. So now, normally, that would qualify them for a tag team title shot. You know, you beat the champions in a non-title match, that, that usually means you're getting a, a title shot. However, last week on Impact Wrestling, in the main event, Willie Mack and Rich Swan beat LAX. And during commentary for this match, it was noted that Willie Mack and Rich Swan have been named the new number one contenders for the tag team titles as a result of beating LAX. So now you've basically got two teams that have a claim to a title shot. Which could mean we get a triple threat for the titles coming up. Could mean that Swan and Mac face RVD and Rhino at some point. Or it could mean the North has to defend the titles against one team on TV, maybe one team on the pay-per-view. We don't know. Now, later on, Rich Swann and Willie Mack ran into Rob Van Dam at Brian Cage and Melissa Santos' wedding and basically said, you know, if we win the titles, we'll give you a shot, and if you win the titles, you give us a shot. So so it, so it's a, there's a bit of a logjam maybe at the top of the tag team division with the North... Rich Swann and Willie Mack, Rob Van Dam and Rhino. We'll just have to see what happens uh, in the next few weeks. The other thing to to consider with Impact Wrestling right now is we're building towards the Bound for Glory pay-per-view. But we're also building towards now their debut on Tuesday nights on Access. So, not necessarily everything that we see now is building towards Bound for Glory. But they're also building for Impact's move to Tuesday nights by posting the pay per views on uh, each Tuesday night for the next three weeks, then a preview show. So, anyway, I'm sure they're still just building towards the pay per view. Then we had Mahabali Shira defeated Cousin Jake from the Deaners. And so there was a segment backstage where the great Gama Singh was sort of berating the other two members of the Desi Hit Squad for how often they lose. But now, with Mahabali Shira in their ranks, looks as though the fortunes could be changing for the Desi Hit Squad. Uh, Next up, then, uh, well, there's some more, like, in between everything, there's scenes sort of taking place at the wedding. The next up was Madison Rain versus Tenille Dashwood. And Tennille Dashwood has been cutting promos, saying that she doesn't plan on waiting for a title shot. She wants to go straight to the top of the division. Well, shortly after she defeated Madison Rain here, it was announced that Tennille Dashwood will challenge knockouts champion Taya Valkyrie on October 20th in Chicago at Bound for Glory. And we'll see. Taya Valkyrie? In Storyline, the longest reigning knockouts champion of all time, but Tennille Dashwood, a high profile free agency signing for Impact Wrestling. Will she go straight to the top and win the title in short order? We'll find out in Chicago on October 20th. So then we had Ken Shamrock. Cut a promo about why he's in Impact Wrestling. Basically said he heard Moose talking all this crap. And, and then Scott Demore called him and said, well, you know, you can come on here. You know, basically invited him on the show. And so Ken Shamrock uh, is cutting a promo, talking a little bit about winning the world championship on the first Impact Wrestling pay-per-view. But he's interrupted by Moose or by a video of Moose playing on the Jumbotron. And Moose went to Ken Shamrock's MMA school, Syndicate MMA, and then attacked a bunch of his students and the employees there as a message to Ken Shamrock. And this is all building towards their showdown, Bound for Glory in Chicago. And it's Moose's second big match against sort of like a legendary figure. I mean, granted, Shamrock's more of a legend in MMA than wrestling, but uh, Moose got that victory over Rob Van Dam on pay-per-view not long ago as well. So then in a segment, we saw OVE arrive to the wedding, but they were denied because they weren't invited. And I want to compare what happened on this wedding to the Jake the Snake Roberts Macho Man Randy Savage feud of the early 80s. The early 80s were like 35 years ago, for those of you who are young. Um, so a lot gets talked about, the Jake the Snake Roberts and, and Macho Man Randy Savage, their wedding angle where Jake the Snake Roberts put a cobra in one of the wedding gifts. Elizabeth opens up the wedding gift and there's a cobra in there. But not a lot is talked about why Jake was all pissed off at the couple in the first place, right? Like, it's just, that was the start of their feud. They hadn't been feuding at that point. What is rarely mentioned is that the reason Jake was all upset was because he was denied entry into, I think it was Macho's bachelor party. And so kind of the same thing happened here, where... OVE wasn't allowed in the wedding, and this set them off. And, of course, Sammy Callahan's going to be challenging for the Impact World Championship against Brian Cage on October 20th, so, you know, maybe he had some motivation uh, aside from that. But, uh, But, yeah, it was worth noting here that they specifically showed us OVE being denied entry into the wedding. Then finally, before we would get to the big wedding segment, there was one last match on the show, and this was an X-Division Championship ladder match qualifier. So there's going to be a five-person ladder match for the X-Division title at Bound for Glory. Jake Crist is the current champion. This is the first qualifier, and it was Jake's brother Dave going up against Tessa Blanchard. Tessa Blanchard picks up the win, so she'll have a chance to win the X-Division Championship. She'll have a chance to, I guess, be the first female X Division champion. I'm not. I don't think there's been one. Um, so that that so Tessa Blanchard books herself on Bound for Glory in a ladder match, and we don't know who her. We know one of her opponents will be Jake Chris. We don't know who are the other three uh, wrestlers to be in that match. We will likely find that out in the weeks to come. Then, we get to the big wedding. And, again, normally wrestling weddings go off perfectly fine, with there being no problems whatsoever. However, this was the exception. So, at the wedding, at the wedding itself, the minister asks if anyone has any reason why this wedding should take place, which is usually the cue for a bunch of comedic antics to take place. Taya Valkyrie got up, and, and I can't remember exactly what she said, but she naturally felt the wedding was all about her. Then Ethan Page got up and gave a very interesting speech about how wrestlers should all form a union, and how younger wrestlers should be paid the same as older wrestlers, Specifically mentioning Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam, who was uh, sort of enveloped in a cloud of smoke, uh, seemed to nod in agreement, though it's not clear he knew exactly what was being said. And the comments that Ethan Page made, I think, well, it just seems that that kind of sentiment has been sort of... How do I put this? There's some dispute backstage about Hmm. I don't know how this might have been in reference to the killer cross situation, like Ethan Page specifically talking about how much wrestlers are paid, specifically mentioning how much wrestlers are paid versus how much Rob Van Dam has been paid. And the killer cross situation is one of these things where nobody's going to say much because both sides have lawyers and lawyers don't want their clients saying anything. But it seems like Ethan Page's comments here could have been in reference to that dispute. I could be reading too much into it. I don't think I am. But Ethan Page's comments in light of some of the things, the backstage issues that we've heard in recent months concerning Killer Cross and Scarlett Bordeaux. I just wonder, I just wonder if Ethan Page's comments had anything to do with that situation. You guys let me know. So after Ethan Page does that, then Eddie Edwards wanders in and he's drunk because his life is falling apart. Uh, This led Alicia Edwards to yell and scream and stuff, as she does. Uh, She was attending the wedding with Ace Austin because uh, she had to attend the wedding with somebody and Edwards was nowhere to be found. So Ace Austin conveniently was there to accompany her to the wedding. So Edwards uh, walks in. He then pukes on the minister, who is Brian Cage's brother Ryan Cage. Then Ace Austin comes in, and I guess Eddie goes to punch him. Ace Austin ducks. Edwards punches the minister. So now there's no minister. So Tommy Dreamer like puts a call out for anyone who can officially officiate the wedding. And this brings in the former sinister minister, James Mitchell, who then marries the couple by the power vested in him in both the state of Nevada and the Church of Satan. He actually said that. He said by, by the Church of Satan. He marries them. So now Brian Cage and Melissa Santos have been married in a dark wedding. And they go out to the ring for the reception. So the fact that they actually were able to to get married, to say their vows and stuff, does make this possibly the most successful wedding marriage since, uh, I believe, Uncle Elmer's or one member of Hillbilly Jim's family actually had an uninterrupted wedding at one point. So they go back into the ring area for the reception. And they have their first dance, and out comes Sammy Callahan with an empty bottle. And Callahan says the bottle had been a wedding gift for the couple. But since he hadn't been invited to the wedding, he drank it instead. He then encouraged everybody to lift up their glasses in a toast. And somewhere in that toast, he referred to Melissa Santos as the B-word. Brian Cage grabs him, Callahan swings the bottle at Cage, Mrs. Cage hits Melissa Santos, and the show goes off the air with everybody tending to Melissa Santos. And so now we are, I guess there's just two episodes left of the show before Bound for Glory. We have six confirmed matches for the show. We got Ken Shamrock versus Moose. The Rascals will go up against the not-retired Dr. Wagner Jr. And two teammates of his naming to be named later. Michael Elgin against uh, Mara Fuji. In in that sort of uh, dream match there. Elgin and the pro wrestling Noah Legend. Who... Did go to New Japan briefly there. He had a match against Kazuchika Okada, I think last year or the year before. Then there's the X-Division Ladder Match. Jake Chris defending against Tessa Blanchard and three other challengers to be named later. For the Knockouts Championship, it will be Taya Valkyrie defending against Tenille Dashwood. And for the Impact World Championship, now it's personal, Brian Cage defending against Sammy Callahan. Very likely we'll get a Tag Team Championship match. Uh, added there as well possibly the north defending against rich swan and willie mack possibly against rhino and rvd possibly against both so that's where we'll end it for today lots of stuff coming up next week well actually maybe we'll run down just the lineups real quick for monday in case i'm not on here before monday again but monday's big show for monday night raw It'll take place from the Talking Stick Resort Arena. Seth Rollins versus Rey Mysterio for the Universal Championship match. Uh, Heavy Machinery will challenge Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode for the Tag Team Championships. Sasha Banks versus Alexa Bliss. Miz TV with Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan. And then on Wednesday night, we have the first head-to-head matchup between AEW and NXT. So a lot of good things to look forward to in wrestling this week. That'll do it for this show. Thank you very much for your support of this podcast site and all that we do. I'm the Guy from Spoiler Free Wrestling.